go to the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah. Book of Isaiah. Say that again. Um, I don't know what to do about that. All right, I'll just let them know what it is. Judgment, justice, truth. Book of Isaiah, chapter 59. Get there, please. Verse 14. And I'm going to read my scripture, and then I'm going to take care of some business. That way I know that it will have to be left on the CD if I do it that way. And the DVD for them to watch in the branches. Isaiah 59, 14. Are you there? And judgment is turned away backward. Justice stands afar off. For truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Father, we ask and pray for your blessing upon this sermon today, upon judgment, justice, truth. Help us to learn from your word, and God, it would be a benefit to us all. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, on the beginning of this, let me read an email and then also a letter that Jennifer Upchurch received. Here is the email. This is from, well, I'll just read it. Dear Pastor in Christ, greetings. This is Naam Gill from Pakistan. It is an honor for me to share with you that I am a daily reader of your website. For the last many days, I was planning to write you my suggestions for your precious website. Whatever I am learning from your ministry, I think it should be spread to our whole community in Pakistan. I think at this current situation of Pakistan, we need to become stronger in our faith. I think this website should also be available for the Yordu and the Punjabi readers and listeners as well. I humbly request that you expand your outreach in Yordu and the Punjabi language. 23 years ago when I came to this church, that was what was on my heart. If I preach here long enough, one of these days I'll be preaching in the Punjabi language. I really wish to translate these teachings. This will bring a lot of blessings for the Yordi and the Punjabi-speaking people. There are many ideas to work together which we can share. I'll be waiting for your reply. In Christ, Nahum Gill. Now, for the call that Jennifer Upchurch received, and then she wrote a letter and sent it on to us, Jennifer did. We received a call last week at the Centralia branch. The call was from a husband-wife truck driving team. They have been receiving our CDs for quite some time. They pass them out whenever they go, wherever they go all over the United States. She called me to let me know that they have now retired and they don't need as many CDs as they was used to receiving. Since they were over the road so much, they did not go, get to attend church on a regular basis and were not able to have a church family to call home. They were so thankful for our CD, our, our CD ministry and in some way felt Orchardville Church was their church family. They really felt like that they were ministered to through the CDs. They accepted to the Lord in their hearts as a couple through the CDs. They're receiving, they're rejoicing at the fact that through the CD ministry, their children are now saved. How neat is that? Yeah, that's awesome. That's cool. Uh, we felt that we were able to find, she felt that she was able to find her way to relationship 
with Jesus Christ through the preaching on the CDs. I think that was maybe her daughter she was referring to. Uh, she said that now that they, are, that they are retired, they are looking for a church to be regular tenders and servants for the Lord in their hometown. I asked her to keep in touch, and she said that they definitely would. Her final words were a big thank you for what we do and this important outreach through the CDs and spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. So thank you, church, for that kind of, uh, of, that kind of uh, report that we get because this don't happen unless you guys are all doing your part. So thank you in that very, 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 very much. Yeah. Um, last week, I let some of the young people get by with a little bit more than they should have been getting by with. So this week I've decided that ain't going to happen to me again. So if I would ask two strong, bad, mean-looking guys to assist me in this, do I have any volunteers? Nobody wants to be a big bet. There's one. There's another. All right. All right. So if I ask for you guys to go over and sit by somebody, uh, I'll need you to do that. Listen, if you're going to act like little kids, I'll treat you like a little kid. That's right. What I do here, I feel is important whether you feel that way or not. And this is whether it's here, whether it's over at Centralia, whether it's over at Fairfield. And on that note, with the two branches, I'm not there being able to bark out, which wouldn't it be great if I, if I hollered at some young kid and pointed that way, and over at Centralia or Fairfield, there was some young kid being disruptive, and I was pointing right at them. Wouldn't that be cool? But I'm not being able to stop my sermon midway and mention that to somebody at Centralia or at Fairfield. So you just need to be, need to be good without being told that. So there you have it. Now I'm off my soapbox, and now we'll get on to what is the matter at hand. Um, just, hey, there it is. <clears throat> is it there? Yeah. Uh, give me, if you would, the second, do we have the second slide? The second screen, I should say. Is there another? Thank you very much. Um, justice, as we looked at last week, is balancing the scale. Now, four things that we looked at, and I should have had them on the screen last week, but didn't. Only God has perfect justice. How many would agree with that? Yeah. Number two, no two people always agree on justice. Number three, allow a person to disagree with you on justice. And number four, do you think the person in authority is sincere? Those are the four things that you ought to have in your mind before you're going to um, either stick your nose, and I may need help on this with the baby because I don't want the baby distracted, and I'm not going to try to preach over the baby because, yeah, I can preach over the baby, but the thing is the people sitting next to the baby are maybe be distracted, and I don't want that to happen. It ain't got nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the people hearing. When I hear some, some old preacher say, I, don't, I can preach over any crying, ball-bagging baby, I'm thinking, preacher, you're an idiot. <laughs> because it ain't about you. It's about people being able to hear and to receive without being distracted. Now, let me just get on that something else. <clears throat> parents, how many parents we got here? Parents on disciplining your children. 
Husbands, you need to back your wife up when she's disciplining the kids. But now it gets really good. Wives, you need to back your husband up when he's disciplining the kids. Because kids learn at an early age, if I can divide this army up, I can win the conflict. Moms, let's say something is missing from your purse. Now, dads, if something's missing from your billfold, well, we know what the deal is there. The wife's been in the billfold. But that's, that's not what we're talking about here. <clears throat> Moms, if something is money is missing from your purse, and you're going to grab, grab that kid, and I realize that if you're the parent of, of one child, I, I mean, you're... You're not, are you even a parent, really? Come on. I mean, because you know who did it. You did it. But listen, you cannot mete out judgment and do it justly if you really don't know. Because it very well could be you spent that money and you forgot about it. Oh, no, not me. Oh, yeah, you. Oh, yeah, you. I'm going to punish that boy for taking that $20. Again, you may have took it and spent it yourself and just forgot all about it. There are injustices done between parents and children, between teachers and students, between pastors and congregants, between employers and employees, the basis of our criminal system is this. You're innocent until proven guilty. How many of you ever watched the movie 12 Angry Men? You ought to get that movie. That is an awesome, awesome, awesome movie. Now, in the book of Micah, and I mentioned this last week, and this is a mouthful, and you don't need to turn there because we'd have to the group would have to get up and play two songs in the interlude of you trying to find the book of Micah. It's a tough book to find, no doubt about it. Oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of thee? There's the question. What's the Lord require of you? To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God, in the Bible, when a question is asked, pay real close attention. You're about to get the correct answer. The Philippian jailer, what must I do to be saved? That was his question. Watch the answer. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That was the question that was asked. That was the answer that was given. We want truth to be able to stand up straight and justice to be able to come near and judgment to be invited in. When our son or daughter 
When they got in trouble at school, and I'm telling you, there were times that they got in trouble at school. There were times that they got, I shouldn't even mention this, but there were times that they got in trouble at vacation Bible school. <laughs> there were times Josh got trouble at Sunday school. <laughs> there were times Josh got kicked out of kids camp. <laughs> Wilfred called me up and said, Mark, I hate to make this phone call. And I said, well, what is it, Will? Well, I had to kick somebody out of camp. You got to do what you got to do. Who was it? Well... It was Josh. I said, what did he do? Well, he was stood up for another kid, and he punched this one kid out. He said the kid deserved it, but I still had the, and I said, I understand. I understand. Mom and dad did not run down to the school and straighten everybody out whenever there was a problem. What would I do? I would stick with authority and help Josh, more than Candace, more so maybe, I, that ain't fair, and help Josh and Candace learn But that was the proper way. I wasn't about to confuse my kids. And yeah, maybe even at a Sunday school class, somebody, well, you know, my kid wasn't being treated right. I am not, I am always going to err on the side of authority. I'm going to see it the teacher's way. Well, that's not fair. You wasn't there. Neither were you. And if we want to play the odds, I'm going to tell you the person in authority, if you want to play the odds, is going to be more right than wrong. I didn't give my kids a place to hide every time I done something wrong. And we have raised two very independent children who are now independent adults and knows that mommy and daddy is not going to fix all their problems. Our, uh, uh, Josh, and I mentioned his basketball, uh, him playing basketball last week, I'll do it again today. Now, my boy says about my basketball playing days. He said, Dad, I've noticed that the older you get, the better you were. <laughs> well, Josh, his senior year, did not receive the Senior High School Basketball Award, which was an atrocity. <laughs> he is the fifth highest leading score in high school in Wayne City High School history. And when you count the grade school playing, because he done his grade school playing at the grade school at Wayne City, he has scored more points. Isn't this something? <laughs> he has scored more points in a Wayne City high school and grade school, just say a Wayne City uniform, than anybody who has ever played in the Wayne City school system. And the kid would bug me to no end because he could have cared less about that. He could have cared less. But boy, his guitar had to really look good. He was all about his guitar, which has served him more well than what me playing a basketball ever did because I, yeah, well, that's a, I've got issues. <laughs> when that night, when they give them awards out, 
And never mind, he was the most valuable player on all these different tournaments that they was in, and he didn't receive that. It was like, are you kidding me? I don't believe that. I went home, and I didn't say nothing about it. Didn't say nothing about it. I don't, I've never brought that up to him. I've never went to the coach and said, you're stupid. <laughs> now, you can tell I've thought it numerous times. But that was not my place in doing that. Listen, every country has a president. Every state has a governor. Every city has a mayor. Every church has a pastor. Every home has parents. Every classroom has a teacher. Every team has a coach. And authority is where I will stick with every time. Will authority always be just? No, it will not. Getting back to my grade school days, the principal was a guy by the name of Edwin Bora. The name sounds frightening to me. <laughs> he give out spankings. I remember the time that my cousin was getting a spanking, and I, and I shimmied. This is true. You can believe what you wish. I shimmied up the basketball pole. That's right. No problem. And sat on the goal and watched my cousin getting a spanking. You didn't shimmy up no pole. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> and Mr. Bohr would hand out them spankings right and left, and I am pretty certain, thinking back on it, Mr. Bora was not always just in what he done. But you know what God says? Vengeance is mine. I will settle that up with Mr. Bohr at some point in time, and boy, I'd like to be there when he does. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 15, Moses set different men as captains over thousands, over hundreds, over fifties, and over tens. It was a judgment call on the part of Moses. He was judging that this guy has more ability to handle a thousand people. This guy down here, he can only handle a hundred people. You see what I'm saying? And this guy over here can handle uh, tens of people. This guy over here can handle fifties of people. It was a judgment call. They were, Moses was judging. But I believe the man was making the proper judgment. I'm not going to do this because of the, of the uh, difficulties that we have in the branches, them seeing this the following week. I'm just going to say, put it in your mind that each section has someone to come up and is front and center of that section, and this person is over this section. There's a person over the balcony. There's a person over the balcony over here. Person here, 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 here. It is up to them to make certain judgments on that section. If the person is making a judgment here, and it's his responsibility, and he has the authority to do that, should he make a judgment up in the balcony? Answer, no. no. Absolutely not. 
If you're teaching a Sunday school class and you hear about what's being done in another Sunday school class, it is not your responsibility to make a judgment upon another Sunday school class. You're to make the judgment in your own Sunday school class if you have that authority. Don't speak evil or try to judge outside of your area. Preacher, God told me to judge, and surely it's not in my area. He did not. He did not. Go to the book of James. James, New Testament. Go to find Hebrews, and after that, you'll run into James. James chapter 4, verse 11. Listen as I read. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaks evil of his brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law, and you judge the law. Goes on and says, you're not a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judges another? When I go to children's church, and I walk down there occasionally, I will always ask, once I get to the gates, can I go beyond these gates here? And invariably they say, no, we don't know who you are. And then they'll laugh and say, yeah, you can go on through. You know, I've heard it a hundred times. Come up with something new. I always ask. I am not going to presume that I just do as I darn well please. I'm the pastor of this thing. I have too much respect for what's going on to act like that. And I'll tell you, having respect down through the years has served me rather well. I will say that. Someone asked me the other day, preacher, do you know what the word exegesis means? And I thought the moment he said it, not only do I know what it means, I can spell the word. And then I thought after we hung up, I thought, I would never ask that of someone in the ministry. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Because what I'm doing in asking that, and what it means, it's a biblical interpretation or something. What I'd be, what I'd be doing was speaking down to that person. What I'd be doing is showing no respect to that person. And I'm just not into that. There's no one that knows so little as the person that thinks they know a lot. And you ought to get the CD and listen to that one again, just for that one thing right there. Years ago, my pastor, Don George, gave me an opportunity to minister. And he thought it went so well that it wasn't long after that. He had me ministering, and I was being able to minister on cable TV in in Fairfield, which was a heady thing because I knew at least 27 people was watching that at Fairfield, at least 27 people. And then wasn't long dawn, he left there and he went up north. And different people was telling me, oh, you're, you're, you're a good preacher. You need to be the pastor here. I was hearing that. And then the Holy Spirit was telling me something else. You're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. See, what I could have thought of myself is, I'm right up there with Don. I'm really growing in this thing. I had no, I didn't, I didn't work for any of them youth that I was trying to help. I, they were there when I got there. I didn't build the building. I didn't do anything. I stepped right into that, and I started helping with the youth. And what a wonderful, wonderful marriage that was. They hated me, and I hated them. 
And I could have thought, I'm right up there with Don. People clamoring for me to be the pastor over here at the Assembly of God Church of Fairfield. I'm, I'm, why, why, I've eclipsed Don. I'm really growing here. You know, I mean, that's true. I was. But it's like this. It's not that Don is stationary like this, and I'm growing, and I've, I've caught where Don's at. No, while I'm growing, guess what? Don's growing too. That's how it works. Let me just cut right to the chase on this. I've got heroes in the ministry, and I always want to have heroes in the ministry. I've got people that I will call, and here's what someone can say. Why would you call that pastor up? Why do you get his advice? His church ain't near as big as Orchardville Church is. He is a hero of mine, and I've got a lot of them, and it serves me well, and I tell you, I feel sorry for the person that outgrows their heroes. I feel sorry for that person that catches up to their heroes. Oh, I know as much as they do. My church has eclipsed them. Why should I ever hear what he's got to say? I've got more knowledge than him. Why, if he knew what I knew, his church would be like where my church is at. I don't need him. Fooey on that. I am well served by having heroes in my life. I choose to keep them. You know who the next great basketball player will be? Someone whose hero is a basketball player right now. I refuse to lose my awe of certain people. Dr. Moult will never be Patrick Moult to me. I just can't help it. Even though he came up to me one time and said, and he told me, he said, Mark, just call me Patrick from now on. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, okay. Next time I seen him, hi, Dr. Moult. Mm, call me, yeah, okay. Next time I'd seen him, hey, Dr. Moult, how you doing? And here's what he said. Well, I'm doing rather well, Reverend Shell. And I said, I really don't like that. And he said, you see what I'm going through here on this? And I, oh, okay. But the next time I seen him, hi, Dr. Moat. It serves me rather well to be in awe of different people. It does. I don't want to quote, unquote, catch up to him. I'm as smart as he is. I don't want to get there. Dr. Mold and Jessica, every Saturday when we was working on the Fairfield branch, they were right there. And Jessica, my wife's a pretty hard worker, but she came home that one night and she said, I'm dragging. I tried to stay up with Jessica today. And Dr. Moat would get there every day, and he would grab that broom, and he would start sweeping, and he'd pick up boards, and he'd stack stuff around, and he'd start And people say, Dr. Moat's doing that? Oh, Dr. Moat's doing that. Dr. Moat's doing that. And he told me one time, he said, uh, Preacher, you know why I'm doing this, don't you? You know, I, you know, I thought he was going to really tell me something real, you know, real deep here. And he says, uh, because nobody else wants this job, and nobody's going to tell me how to do this job. It gets better. Five minutes later, Jessica was over there telling him how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. <clears throat> I feel for the person that doesn't know enough to realize he doesn't know enough. Keep, if you got heroes, and yeah, everybody's, everybody, everybody has got feet of clay. And there's going to be things that people do wrong. And, but even at that, I'm not looking at my heroes trying to find their feet of clay and find all the things that they're doing wrong and all the things I do another way. It served me rather well down through the years to look up to the heroes that I have in the faith. Would you bow your heads, please? Father, we thank you, dear God, for another time to be able to deliver your word to your people. And we're asking and praying, Lord Jesus, that we would, as you the greatest hero of all, but you, Lord God, would put that upon our heart to know that we never want to get to a position or to a place to where we think we know it all, to where we think we're above any type of word into our life. I thank you, God, for the people that you've put in my life that have been heroes of mine. And God, I've been well served by that. Father, if there's anyone here this morning, and there very well could be, Lord, a group this size, but there's someone here that Jesus has never become real in their heart. They've never seen the need of that. He may just be like a historical character. Like he lived like George Washington lived. But Lord, I want that to become real in their life, that yes, they know right now today you're speaking, you're knocking on their heart, and they're going to respond. They're going to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. Take my life, take all of me. Take everything, it's all for you. Take my dreams, take all my fears, take everything, it's all for you. It's all for you, it's all for you. It's all for you, it's all for you. Take my life, take all of me. Take everything, it's all for you. Take my dreams, take all my fears. Take everything, it's all for you. It's all for you, it's all for you. It's all for you, it's all for you, 
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677. I met Jesus 